Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, it's Friday. It's film review time. And we have Ross and Niall in the house. How are you doing, guys? Very well, thank you. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Now, we're going to start with some movie news. Super excited about this. It's The Joker. That's right, yeah. Only last week we were talking about the fact that Batman turned 80. But like every child who realises that his special birthday comes and goes and the spotlight must turn on someone else, (laughs) Batman must now realise that the spotlight is on his arch enemy, The Joker. Yeah, it's very exciting. The new Joker trailer has dropped and it shows Joaquin Phoenix as the famous Batman villain. Now, the movie is directed by Todd Phillips, who we'd know more from his comedy films like The Hangover, Starsky and Hutch and Old School. And more recently, he directed a movie called War Dogs with Miles Teller and Jonah Hill, which is a bit more serious. And he's going to be doing the Hulk Hogan biopic for Netflix, starring Chris Helmsworth. So he likes to mix it up. He's doing lots of different things. But I have to say, in terms of the Joker, I mean, lots of people have their favourite in terms of the actors. Like you have Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger and now Joaquin Phoenix. And of course, Jared Leto as well in Suicide Squad. And Cesar Romero from the TV show who wouldn't uh, shave his moustache off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A bit bit like Superman who wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, movie, yeah. but I think each of them bring something to the role. I mean, you have like Jack Nicholson for me. I suppose was the first reincarnation I would have seen uh, as Joker, and it's just you know he has this kind of playful maniac. Yeah, kind of yeah. I mean it's it's an it's an iconic character for a reason, mm. and usually it's defined as well by the Batman that it faces, yes. like yeah. two sides of the same coin. If you like, mm. it's going to be very interesting to see what a standalone Joker movie looks mm. like. And I, I think with this one as well, I think um, as well, like every actor takes it in a very, very different direction. Even Jared Leto, who, you know, got panned a lot. I thought he took it, the, the character in a new and interesting direction. Well, I thought he was the best thing about Suicide Squad, being perfectly honest. Yeah. That was- okay, I don't know about that now. We'll, we'll see. But we'll do our Suicide Squad retrospective when okay, the sequel okay, comes okay. out. <laughs> uh, with Whacking Phoenix uh, and going by the trailer, it looks like this is more of an examination of a man who's disregarded by society and who has some serious uh, mental health issues. Uh, I think it's a very grounding and interesting take on the character. And uh, best of all, I think um, this movie looks like it won't feature Batman in any way, shape or form. <laughs> no, oh no, I think you're wrong. I think we see a young Bruce Wayne in the, in the trailer. Oh, yeah. that's right, yeah. I, I think it's important as well to point out, um, now this is a DC Comics movie, mm-hmm. uh, but it is completely standalone and it's unrelated to the Justice League movie, Suicide Squad, etc., which sees Jared Leto in it, um, but yeah, we have a we have a clip you here have a as well, clip for us. Which, okay. which is from the uh, the new Joker trailer. Okay, here it is. My mother always tells me 
to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose to bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Though your heart is aching. Yeah, uh, by the way, that song will be in your head for the day because yeah. it happened to me the other day. Written by Charlie Chaplin, that song. Oh, yeah, for Modern that. Times, which features in the movie as well. Uh, I have to say, I wasn't excited about this until I saw the trailer. I think it looks terrific, really. Um, it draws inspiration, I think, from not only the comic books, but classic 70s movies like The French Connection and The King of Comedy. Uh, in fact, Martin Scorsese is a producer and Robert De Niro has a small role. But I think Joaquin Phoenix is the reason to go and see this. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. I think we have to wait until October. Would October 3rd, it's mm. out. Yeah. Well, yeah, October 3rd, it's out in the US. Um, the, the date, the release date for Ireland and UK hasn't been announced yet, but I'm sure it'll follow soon after. Okay, uh, Megalopolis. I said Megalopolis. it right for the first time. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> now, it may sound like it's a movie about a Greek surname, but it's not... Um, it looks like the legendary director Francis Ford Coppola is finally going to begin work on his passion project, um, Megalopolis. Now, he's been wanting to work on this for over three, de- three decades, but it's always been put off. Um, it's, it's a science movie epic, which is based on the attempts of an architect to rebuild a utopian version of New York City after it has been destroyed by a mega disaster. And it's often been described as one of the greatest movies never made. Um, Coppola, who I suppose you'd know most famously as the director of the Godfather movies, he was ready to produce the movies in the early 2000s, but following, obviously, the 9-11 attacks in New York, and given the, the plot of the movie, it was understandably shelved. So Coppola says, it is unusual, it will be a production on a grand scale with a large cast, it makes use of all of my years of trying trying films in different styles and types culminating in what I think is my own voice and aspiration. It is not within the mainstream of what is produced now, but I'm intending and wishing and in fact encouraged to begin production this year. Oh, okay. Very interesting. We'll have to watch this space on that one. Now, you've been to the cinema. Very Well, it's an animal theme, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. So the only connection I can make between these movies. They have a lot in common. <laughs> well, they're both kind of remakes as well. Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay, okay yeah. there you go. One uh, by the master of horror, Walt Disney, <laughs> and the other from Stephen King. <laughs> the master of cute and cuddly. Yeah, yeah from the main tourist. <laughs> okay, so tell me about Dumbo. Well, for anybody who hasn't been living under a rock since 1941, Dumbo is the story of a downtrodden little circus elephant with big funny ears who learns how to fly. So this remake expands a lot on the original cartoon, which was only about an hour long, and it shifts the time period from 1941 to just after World War I. It adds Colin Farrell as a veteran Captain Holt Farrier, who was a trick rider at the circus, and he returns back from World War I, and he's, he's lost an arm. He returns to Max Medici's struggling circus. Uh, he's shell-shocked. His wife has died from the influenza uh, outbreak of 1919. His two kids are there. This is pretty bleak in 1919 until a little baby elephant is born. 
And uh, yeah, so he's given the job now because he can't be a trick rider anymore for looking after little baby Jumbo, who soon becomes known as Dumbo. And basically, we know if we've seen the original that Dumbo, because of his ears, can fly. Mm-hmm. So soon Dumbo becomes a massive attraction for the circus and he draws the attention of an impresario by the name of V.A. Van der Veer, uh, played by Michael Keaton, who decides he wants to bring Dumbo to the big time to Coney Island where he has a, a theme park called Dreamland. So I think we have a little yeah. uh, a little clip here. The whole troop up sticks to go to Coney Island and Dumbo is going to be trained as the main attraction for the Dreamland main tent. Here we go. Welcome. For the record, this was not my idea. Dumbo works alone. So do I. Bonjour, Billy. Joe. And you. Hmm, charming. Well, maybe he doesn't recognize you without makeup. So I got to teach you to fly? I know how to fly. Ever since I was a child. They taught Dumbo to fly, no? So I don't need your expertise. There you go. Dumbo, you can hear him there a little bit in the background. Yeah, so yeah. Cute. The other voices you heard were Colin Farrell as Captain uh, Holt Farrier and Eva Green as Colette, who's an aerialist who ends up uh, riding Dumbo in the in main attraction of the act. Uh, yeah, the original Dumbo was actually made on the cheap because 1940s Fantasia was a massive flop. That was Walt Disney's passion project. So he went, quickly, make me something to make money. And the animators came up with the original Dumbo. Disney's Tim Burton's Dumbo is not made on the cheap. Uh, it clocks in at about two hours. It seems a lot longer, I think. Uh, I can't imagine that it's been cherished by anybody except Tim Burton's accountant. Oh no! Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. I, I've speak, spoke to spoken to some people who have. Um, you know, the last time that Tim Burton teamed up with Disney was Alice in Wonderland. I'm happy to say it's not. I would regard that movie, although it made a lot of money, as a disaster. It's not a disaster on that scale. Um, you, the, the cast. It's got a great cast, and they do their best. But I think the fault lies really not with Tim Burton but with the scriptwriter who's also responsible for the Transformers movies and I just think he could have this was draft one he could have maybe come up with a few more drafts cut it down a little bit it basically tells the story of the original Dumbo and then tells it again when Michael Keaton takes Dumbo to Coney Island to the big time if you like um, um, yeah. I, I remember from the Disney original like it is quite dark as well and it one- is it's a dark sad movie and that's right up Tim Burton's yeah. wheelhouse you know what Tim Burton's not good with is the sentimental stuff and mm. you know I would not have said I don't know why they handed him the keys for this one you know um, but yeah the, the, the biggest failing for me of this movie is the fact that I it, the animators who make the CGI Dumbo, and there's no elephants in this movie, they're all CGI. Yeah. Um, they really do a great job. There's only a couple of scenes where you kind of go, hang on, that doesn't look great. But they do a great job, but you come out of it feeling very little. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it doesn't kind of give you all the well, feelings that, that you want. That's for my, that's my opinion. Cold heart it's my opinion. cold heart there. Two stars for me. I don't know what Ross thought. Ross, what did you think yeah, of Yeah, I have similar sentiments with myself. I was not impressed with this movie. I felt, you're right about the script, it was very scattered. And the important parts were rushed and kind of thrown together. 
Um, there were some very uninspiring performances from the majority of the cast. In particular, Danny DeVito, I felt, yeah, I mean, really it was let a me great down. cast, but yeah. you just felt like some of them are having a good time, Michael Keaton is, but, you know, not good enough, I think. Yeah. They don't stand out. Like, some, some actors are great, and Eva Green is, is, is very is strong, I think. And Colin part. Farrell is good, I think. Yeah, well, Colin Farrell continues having one of the most confusing acting careers <laughs> I've ever seen. He's yeah. occasionally brilliant. He, turned, he turns up in occasionally brilliant movies, but he just ends up being in the most random collection of movies. Um, but yeah, with this movie, I, I think the tone was all over the place. Uh, I, I think it was actually a bit of a mess. And it's it's difficult to tell who exactly this movie was made for. Like, obviously, the original one, it was made for children. And yeah. Adults could still enjoy it. This, I can't see children really enjoying Yeah, I mean, like, there, there were a couple cute, of kids but, behind me when I went to see it. And uh, after the error mark, they got bored, really. Okay. And there was another error to go. So, so Dumbo falling flat on his big muscles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was less kind as well. Um, I, I, you gave it two stars. I gave it one star. And it's hard to believe that at one time, uh, director Tim Burton was one of the most exciting movies director mm. out there. How the Great Have Fallen, one star. Oh no, no, no! Don't, 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 don't <laughs> tarnish poor Tim Burton. We'll, he'll come back. He'll come back from it. But uh, from Tim Burton to Stephen King, because Pet Cemetery is terrifying people all over the place. Tell us about this, Ross. That's right. Yes. So it's an adaption of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, and it's starring Jason Clark and John Lilko. So the story of the movie basically is it follows uh, follows Lewis Creed and he's a doctor from Boston and he moves to a large house near the small rural town of Ludlow just escape the hustle bustle of city life. Um, and obviously Ludlow is in Maine where all of Stephen King's Yeah, he has uh, a real preoccupation with that, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he moves to he moves to uh, Ludlow with his wife Rachel and their two young children Ellie and Gage and of course Ellie's cat Church. And Ellie goes off exploring, as children do, uh, the woods beside their house, and they discover a pet cemetery where people in the town of Ludlow have a tradition of burying their deceased animals. Some even make a procession out of it where they wear, you know, freaky uh, animal masks and kind of bang on a drum in a very solitary way. (laughs) It's all very creepy, uh, a creepy way to bury a pet. Um, But obviously, uh, as the family kind of find their roots, their pet cat church is knocked down and killed. But Judd, their kindly neighbour, who's played by John Litko, wants to help the father bury the cat in a mysterious area just beyond the pet cemetery. And the next day, lo and behold, Church, the cat, has returned, but is not the same loving pet it had been before. Um, without, you know, so obviously there's something supernatural going on here. Yeah, you here. don't want to reveal too yeah. much, yeah. But um, so after Church is back, acting a bit naughty, but soon the family faces another tragedy and Lewis, the father, thinks, well, if it works for a pet, maybe it will work for a person too. Okay. And we have a, we have a clip, have a clip of the movie me. here. Okay, here we go. What's going on? I wasn't ready to say goodbye to her. You're scaring me. Just tell me what you're talking about. It's my fault she died. I had to bring her back. There's a place rage deep in the woods. Beyond the pet cemetery. It brings things back. Are you happy, Mommy? Well, that's decidedly yeah. creepy altogether. Yeah. What's going on there? Well, no, don't maybe tell us too much what's going on, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I totally agree. I thought it was very, very creepy. Uh, I think this is the first movie that myself and Niall kind of had a disagreement about. 
Yeah, um, you liked it a bit more than me, I think. I mean, I remember the original. I haven't seen it in a long time. I've not read the book. I felt this didn't bring anything new. I felt it's a horrific concept, anybody who knows yeah. the book or the mm-hmm. concept. Um, I think that's down to Stephen King. I don't think the directors brought anything really new. They made changes. I didn't realize. I don't know why they made changes. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I wasn't crazy about it. Well, I think it was uh, a solid popcorn horror uh, movie. Good performances. I thought there was a lot of tense build-up and some genuinely terrifying bits. Um, and I really have to give the filmmakers credit for a truly ballsy ending. I really got to say. The I'm ending, looking. I have to say, yeah, yeah, is... Yeah. is, is um, I think it is, they are, it's unfortunate timing-wise that the movie was released so close to what is destined to be the best horror movie of the year, Jordan Peele's Us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still really enjoyed it. I give it four out of five stars. Oh, only two. Movie. Only two from me. Mm. Yes, Not even, so. You can't even sway it to two and a half. I don't do halves. No. <laughs> that makes a mockery of the five-star system, you know, Sinead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dividing opinions, Pet Cemetery. It is in cinemas this weekend. Uh, now, Netflix news. Uh, what have you got for me? We've got Our Planet and Cowboy B. Bebop, is it? Yeah, well, we'll go with our plan at first. Yeah. This is uh, this is the team uh, the team uh, behind BBC's Planet Earth and Blue Planet. I'm sure a lot of people would be familiar with them. But that team has come together once again for our planet, and it's Netflix's first foray into nature programming. So. Um, you know, it's filmed by more than 600 crew members in 50 countries over four years and, of course, features the legendary narration of David Attenborough. It's an eight-part series and it focuses on the dangers of climate change. Uh, ch- climate change, excuse me. Um, as I said, anyone who's familiar with uh, those big nature documentaries like Planet Earth or Blue Planet will know what to expect. And that's on Netflix today, eight-part series. Okay, and what's Cowboy Bebop? Have you never heard of Cowboy no. Bebop? No. I know, we have a massive... Uh, anime fan listenership so they'll all know <laughs> Cowboy Bebop is a Japanese animated series it was it was made in the late 90s and Netflix are making a live action remake of it and they've just announced their casting for that and the titular character is Spike Siegel Cowboy Bebop he's a bounty hunter and he travels the galaxy with his partner uh, called Jet Black and basically they've announced that John Chow, who people will know from the Star Trek J.J. Abrams series as Sulu, is going to be playing Spike Siegel. And an actor called Mustafa Shakir, who people will know from Luke Cage on Netflix, is going to be playing his partner Jet Black. Very exciting. It's a huge fan base out there. And I think when it does actually, when it's made and dropped, it's going to be big. Okay, so that's you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Now we are going to finish out with an iconic and quite appropriate scene of the week. Do tell us. Yeah, well, our scene of the week comes from the nineteen eighties film, uh, from a film from nineteen eighty called Elephant Man, and starring John Hurt, and is directed by David Lynch. Yeah, so the Elephant Man, you might think we're kind of making a joke on Dumbo, but we're not really. There's actually a lot in common with Dumbo. The Elephant Man, uh, as people know, was based on the real-life Joseph Merrick, who was born with a congenital uh, deformity. He made his living in a a sideshow. You're going to hear the great Freddie Jones, who people might know better from Emmerdale as Sandy. I don't think he's in it anymore. But he plays Mr. Bite, who is the basic sideshow barker who introduces... uh, the Elephant Man to the public when they come up to see him in the carnival. Okay, here it is. Life is full of surprises. Consider the fate of this creature's poor mother. Struck down in the fourth month of her maternal condition by an elephant, a wild elephant. Struck down on an uncharted 
African Isle. The result is plain to see, ladies and gentlemen, the terrible elephant man. Great, great film as well to check out if you haven't. Elephant Man, David Lynch. Guys, as always, thanks a million for Thank your you very much. Real thanks. reviews. Thanks, Ben. 11 to 1 on LMFM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.